Welcome to the Jackson and Barry Show, the world's finest equestrian podcast, with your host, Alicia Railing. Hello, and welcome to the Jackson and Barry Show, where we interview brilliant equestrians from around the world to learn more about their personal journey and what it takes to be an elite equestrian. Hello and welcome to the Jackson and Barry Show. Today I am on location in Lunteren in the Netherlands at De Heuvel, where Part and Lifestyle is running their masterclass and uh, TRT training. And joining me today on the podcast is Tristan Tucker himself. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Excellent. Okay, let's jump in. Could you give our audience uh, an overview of your career and your life up to this point? Yes, well, I'm a dressage rider and horseman from Melbourne, Australia, originally. And, yeah, I've been in horses since I was little. My mother was a rider and my grandfather was a horseman. So I did the, the main things growing up through Pony Club and was a mad jumping rider, eventing rider, and uh, finally came to dressage. We had a trainer from Europe come and I had eventing horses that couldn't jump very well at that time. So I went more into the dressage sport and I came first to Europe in the end of 99. And so I was working here for a year training dressage horses and then I went back to Australia and uh, started my own business there and uh, I was doing yeah a lot of starting young horses and breaking in and yeah problem horses and race horses I was also an apprentice jockey when I was young so we were big in the racing industry also and yeah that sort of started my background in horsemanship and finding you know different ways to sort of train horses and teach horses and I was contracted to do around 100 horses a year um, myself in Australia, starting young horses. So that's really where the TRT method now sort of began. You know, all the years in the arena doing lots and hundreds and hundreds of horses teaches you what not to do and what to do. And since coming to Europe, of course, I'm now a lot in the sport and I have uh, riders riding at the international Grand Prix level and on national teams and things like that. And so building the bridge between horsemanship and sport is really my place and where I am at at the moment. So, of course, you have the, the website that people can visit. Uh, they have the online training, and it's trt.com? Yeah, it's trtmethod.com. So that's uh, an online training uh, that we've started now. I had just a huge influx of people wanting to come for lessons, and you know we're getting sort of 30 emails a day of people wanting to come for one-on-one -on -one lessons and horses in training and and clinics and demonstrations and things so I just thought the I had no idea of course how it would go with the online training but it was a way of reaching you know a greater audience and and not you know there's only so many hours in the day and if we could turn down less people or give them an option to go to um, yeah it was much better and of course since then yeah we didn't know in the beginning how, how it would go um, but since then it's been you know really popular and the results people are getting um, I don't know if it's good to say but some people are getting better results themselves without me <laughs> as a one-on-one -on -one. Um, but I think it's also to do with people taking initiative going there they can see everything clearly how it's done from the beginning and it's something they can refer back to you know opposite to being in a lesson that once they leave then the information is only retained with what they remember um, so yeah, it, it's working really well and we're having people from you know the very beginning and the basics, recreation, and quite often at uh, top international shows we have Grand Prix riders kind of whispering saying, I've started your online and <laughs> it's, my horse is now really good at the big international show. So yeah, it's been really rewarding. 
and tell me about, or tell us about the, your start in writing. So you said your mom was, your family was a writer, uh, your mother was a writer? Yeah, so, yeah, in Australia, um, my mother was actually training racehorses and trotting horses, and she was uh, yeah, doing a bit of dressage and showing in the UK um, before we emigrated to Australia. I was actually born in the UK, and we emigrated to Australia when I was one. So, um, yeah, and I was with mum in the racing stables all the time, and so, of course, my first pony came along at, at one point, and it just went from there. I'd sort of, um, you know, mum taught me in the beginning you know, how to ride, and then I went to pony club and went through all the pony club things. And uh, yeah, from a young age, I was already wanting to start to take the horses off the track and turn them into, you know, eventers or jumpers or something like that. And so, my grandfather, also being a good horseman, he was he he sort of started me in the way of thinking of that, you know, everything was possible with horses if you found a way to teach them. So it wasn't so much about a system of training, but more an understanding of the horse that made you, you know, successful. So that's really where it where it all began. And um, since getting into the dressage sport, that really started when I first came at the end of '99 to Denmark to uh, a man who's still my trainer, Morton Thompson, and he really opened my eyes to the possibilities of what's possible with her horses. You know, he's a a man that had also been to Olympic Games and competed and represented his country at a top level, but he was also very interested in other real horsemen that could do something different with horses. You know, he'd studied and opened my eyes a lot to, you know, circus trainers and, you know, the Spanish riding school and, you know, a lot of people that could, anyone that could do something special with horses, he'd sort of driven my eyes to see, to search for that. So that's where, you know, the real passion for stretching the limits came from. <laughs> was there um, a horse along your career that really made a difference in your life? Yeah, I mean, it's maybe cliche to say, but every horse is doing that. You know, if you uh, always say there's a lot of people looking but not many seeing, um, even the horses here today that you've never seen before, you spend 35, 40 minutes with them. You know, if you're really looking and seeing, each horse is able to give you an insight into your your own way of, you know, representing yourself and giving you self-knowledge. Um, of course, there's always horses along the way that test your limits and they're the ones that really, you know, sort of, uh, you know, really teach you about yourself and force you to develop. You know, it's often those one horses that you don't want to give up on that force you to find other methods and yeah there's of course a long list of those <laughs> <laughs> for sure when you do uh you know the worst of the worst in in australia and europe and you get known for having horses with problems you get all the ones that everybody else has tried along the way and you know then you build a reputation and then of course you have to find ways no matter what horse comes and that's really where the method now has come from from all the horses that have given me the knowledge to know what to do and how to help them survive in the, in our human world. Has there ever been a horse or two that you thought, no, this is, you can't do anything for it? There's, there's never been a horse that I've said that you can't do something for it. There's definitely horses that you say, okay, the owner and this horse with this character is not maybe ever going to match because the ideas and you know the goals that the person have is not going to 
uh, fit with the horse that they have. So I think every horse can learn, you know, horses that have problems. Horses that have problems for some people is not problems for other people. So, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, everything with four legs and a heartbeat can learn something. And I think if you bring them to a level and find the natural talent in that horse, you can find their place and purpose in, in the world. Excellent. Could you share with us a favorite success quote or a philosophy of life? <laughs> Maybe not a philosophy of life, that might be too long, but... <clears throat> well, I have, I've got a whole book of quotes like that. Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we often let them go. Um, yeah, from a very young age, I, I suppose my philosophy in, you know, becoming uh, good at my craft was uh, one that stuck with me from from Bruce Lee, actually, from watching lots of kung fu movies when I was young, and his no way is way, and having really to absorb everything that is useful and discard what is useless and add essentially something of your own from that. And that's sort of a little bit where my method from now has evolved from, so that's, that's one that I always keep in the back of my mind. Do you do any martial arts, actually? I had done when I was young, but there's not a lot of time for that kind of thing, <laughs> but I've definitely uh, gained a lot of my own body awareness um, through doing it when I was young, and it's something I keep in the back of my mind. So, yeah, actually, um, I've been thinking about that lately. Actually, about the the, the martial arts could have like real applications uh, for riding and just working with horses with body language and posture and like grounding. Yeah, I don't know if you have any particular opinion on that. Yeah, well, it's definitely to do with having good body awareness and energy, how you project your energy and draw energy. You know, you're working with a living animal. Unless you have control of the way you project your energy from your body, you know, you, you're not going to be successful. And the, the more you're able to refine that, you know, and have good body awareness and, and self-analysis and all those things that come with the two disciplines, I think it's, yeah, definitely something similar. Very cool, very cool. A little off topic, but that's cool. Okay, could you share with our audience uh, a challenging moment that you've had in your career, a moment of failure, a moment where you've maybe thought of giving up, like, or something tragic has happened. Could you share with us that moment, and how did you come out of that moment to carry on? Yeah, how do you choose them? Of course, there's failures. Uh, <laughs> the things you try to forget, but the things you learn from the most, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've been very, at times, very ambitious with uh, things that I've wanted to represent and and choose to do. And definitely, there's been times when I've tried to chew off more than I can <laughs> bite off more than I can chew. So, um, you know, d when I came uh, to Europe in the beginning and I started sort of working um, horses. Uh, more the professional horses from professional stables. Um, you know, I got into some situations where I'd had horses sent that a lot of people had had, um, you know, a go at, and the horses were very knowledgeable about how to defend themselves and how to, you know, protect themselves in a natural way. And, uh, you know, there are always the little hidden secrets in the horse that you don't get told about. And, uh, I was one time in a clinic situation where I was uh, I was having a horse that was particularly spooky, um, and the uh, horse had run away many times, 
uh, from the owners and it was one of those horses that was a professional at getting the head away and when they've got one eye away they've got two eyes away and then they're running away and uh, yeah of course I went in a little bit casual and, and I'd been doing a lot of horses at that time and I'd had clinics nearly every weekend and we had 10 horses a day you know for three days in a row and I was doing that you know three four weekends in a month and so yeah I got to a point where I felt a little bit invincible and was kind of calling them to bring a horse on and I had that horse that day and uh, that horse got away from me and I was too casual you know it got away from me in a clinic environment where the rope ran through my hand and I had some serious uh, burns <laughs> in the hand and then the horse uh, got away and uh, he actually jumped the fence uh, that they temporary fence that they'd set up and he was doing a few uh, cantering laps uh, amongst the crowd so um, yeah at that moment I uh, you know of course you go into action and you try to draw the horse towards you and you get the horse caught again but definitely that was the moment where it, it made me realise never, you know, underestimate a horse. Always keep focus. Every horse has got a story and you don't know the full story until you've finished the training. So that was definitely a, a big learning curve for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, humbling, humbling. Yeah. Nothing happened to the horse, luckily, or uh, anybody in the crowd, so I was extremely lucky, but that is a situation that you don't want to see happen uh, more than once. <laughs> What is one thing that you're really excited about right now? Um, for me at the moment, I actually the online training, I must say, not only because of the positive feedback, but also it's actually freeing me up to have more time to be, to give more time to my creative side. So I did a fine arts degree and a visual arts degree in Australia. Um, and... Uh, I, although I didn't do performance art, I'm starting to do some more demonstrations in clinics. I have now an, a character, an alter ego called Brett Kidding, and uh, we're now beginning uh, a TV series uh, of Brett Kidding. So he's going to have a series of, of yeah, episodes and skits about his life. And of course, he's showing a lot of the things that we all think about when working horses. So it's really fun to create those. You know, we have a lot of fun shooting them. And um, yeah, that's something I'm really excited about because there's no end, you know. The horse world is full of material. And I think it's something that hasn't been, you know, really worked over that much yet. So we have that. And then we also have the TRT around the world. So I'm starting to... Uh, build a series where we travel to different trainers around the world and we see the stables and you know we get really good personal insight into them and their philosophies of training horses and then working a horse together so being able to work with a lot of trainers from different backgrounds all over the world and you know it be able to be totally open and exchange ideas and try to you know really uh, yeah put that out there and so that's also something really interesting and exciting and it's something new you know I I did the degree and I did uh, photography and digital multimedia so filming and and you know creating a kind of visual entertainment for people is also something aside from horse training and, and competing dressage in the sport that's you know that's a really nice thing for me 
Really cool. Where can we find the, the videos and the movies that are coming out? So it'll be a link that's on the trtmethod.com and it'll be a link at the top of the page called TRT TV. So, uh, yeah, we've been beginning to film the start of, of all the series and uh, we have three series in total. We have the Brett Kidding and the TRT Around the World and the Specialist. The Specialist is visiting people that I've worked with in the past, um, vets and uh, postural experts from the ballet that, uh, to do with yeah, human and riders' posture and, yeah, just sort of interesting people I've met along the way that have a unique skill. And so those uh, three... Um, yeah, those three topics will be available at the trtmethod.com. Excellent. We'll look forward to seeing those. What is the best advice that you've ever been given? <laughs> yeah. Be uh, kind to the people on the way up because they're the same people you meet on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What drives you really crazy right now in the horse world? Is there something that just makes you nuts? Um, yeah, that's also a question I've been asked a lot uh, lately. And uh, for me, it's probably the lack of, you know, someone also asked me what, if there was something you would like to put into the horse world at the moment or in the sport, um, you know, if you had the option to do it. And for me, that would be being able to create uh, a level of testing before riders take their horses to a competition. So that you're, you know, from the basic level, riders were able to um, pass a test of competition where they can, you know, have the control to go forwards, back, left and right. You know, the horses knew how to control themselves in the environments we were about to put, put them in. Um, and that, you know, the riders had the knowledge and the horses had the knowledge about, you know, how to best prepare themselves to be able to go to competition so that there wasn't, you know, the frustration of seeing riders confused or frustrated or disappointed and horses being confused and scared, um, you know, and just to be able to avoid those things. Um, you know, for instance, things like prize-giving ceremonies to me in the modern-day sport is such a crazy thing because horses are not prepared how to go into that environment. And, you know, you see horses doing extremely well in the sport and you've just seen them at their best and then you force them to go into an atmosphere in which they have to go in possibly the next day or the next competition and be relaxed in again and they're going into that environment not having the tools to know how to cope with that environment, being totally frightened out of their brain and then, you know, expecting them to, to go back into that environment, you know. So the preparation of giving the horses the knowledge about the environment they have to perform in for me I think would be uh, yeah is a frustrating thing when you go and you see every horse and you can see what they're thinking <laughs> <laughs> fair enough wow all right now for a racetrack round what does the first 60 minutes of your day look like normally the first 60 minutes, the first 60 minutes. well I normally get up right away and put on whatever clothes are there and then I go to the stable first and I just do one round. I, I don't generally do anything but I like to just make around and see all the horses, look in the boxes, see the staff that are there and then uh, yeah I go back in. Then I have breakfast and the coffee, shower, get changed and go to the stable and I generally from there get on my first horse for the day. 
And what time do you normally start? Normally I like to do the walk around about seven. So that's generally the time that we like to uh, get going in the morning. And are you a coffee drinker, tea drinker, hot chocolate? I'm a tea in the morning, a green tea, and I'm a coffee, black, no sugar, no milk in the afternoons. <laughs> Excellent. Is there one quick fix that if we take to the stable tonight can make us a better rider or horseman? Um, yeah, have the mindset of thinking who is my horse and what is he thinking? Is there a book that you think everybody should read? Uh, the One Thing. Do you know the author by any chance? It is. That's a good question. And it's only because you've asked me I can't think of it. Yeah, right? <laughs> but there, I think there is only one book called The One Thing. Okay. The One Thing. And is it just a generic book or is it specifically? Yeah, it's about... Uh, actually, the second book would be The Monk That Sold His Ferrari that you can also find. They're not horse-related books at all. They're just books about life skills. Excellent. What is one thing that you wish you learned earlier? Uh, languages. How many languages can you speak? English and bad English. <laughs> Australian. <laughs> and a tiny little bit of Danish and a tiny little bit of Dutch and a tiny little bit of German and a tiny little bit of French and Italian and <laughs> Polish. <laughs> right on. Yeah, nothing worth... Uh, you know, but I, I think if I had my time over again, that was knowing where I am now, I would like to be better in linguistics. Now, being a Canadian now living in Europe, I can relate to that. Yeah. Okay, our final question. Imagine you wake up one morning and you are a 17-year-old working student. You have a place to live. Your food and basic needs are all met. You have all the knowledge you have now, but you don't have a horse. You don't know anybody, and you only have 500 euros. How would you start your new life? I would go to the nearest place I could buy a horse for 500 euro. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Even just like something out of the meat factory? Yeah, something with four legs and then just go on the street and uh, make a show. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, because you got your knowledge. Yeah, exactly. Great. Okay, Tristan, thank you so much for joining us today on the Jackson and Barry show. Is there, well, I guess we can follow you. The best place to follow you would be on your website, trtmethod.com. And are you on Facebook and Instagram? Yes. Also, TRT Method is on Facebook and also myself. Super. We'll look for that. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks very much. Thank you for joining us today on the Jackson and Barry show. I hope you enjoyed the interview. If you're looking for more podcasts, the Jackson and Barry community, or the world famous Jackson and Barry equestrian charms, please visit our website at www.jackson with an X and Barry.com. That's J A X S O N A N D B E R R Y.com. Or jo join our community on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining us, and remember, keep the leather side up.